Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. As President Joe Biden aims to move the country toward a clean energy future, he also wants to help the communities whose economies have historically been dependent on fossil fuels. The Treasury Department released new guidance on Tuesday for tax credits under the Inflation Reduction Act meant to incentivize the creation of new green projects and jobs in fossil fuel-reliant communities. Today, Politico's Kelsey Tamburino breaks down Biden's new measures, why this is such a priority for the administration, and the challenges of transitioning these types of communities. It's Wednesday, April 5th. The Inflation Reduction Act includes a bunch of clean energy tax credits. The most familiar with the renewable energy industry are the investment and production tax credits, which the law ties to prevailing wage and apprenticeship requirements. So on top of that, it also includes a host of adder or bonus credits that can be stacked on top of those production and investment tax credits for specific placing projects or facilities in specific areas. In this case, Treasury is talking about what they're calling energy communities, which is defined by the law, by the Inflation Reduction Act, as brownfield areas, areas that are home to a shuttered coal plant or coal-fired power plant, and then also areas that are dependent on fossil fuels for their workforce or for local tax revenue and that also have a high unemployment rate. So on Tuesday, the Treasury Department released guidance proposing what they want to do in regulations on this and setting out and answering some questions folks in the industry had had about what this would look like and how the department aims to implement this. And the idea here is that it would incentivize solar, wind, other green energy projects to go in these communities that used to be dependent or are still dependent on fossil fuels for their livelihood and for their economics. Right. And so why is targeting investment in fossil fuel reliant areas, and particularly those with coal workers who've lost their jobs, such a priority for the Biden administration? And how does this guidance kind of fit into broader pledges it's made in this area? Yeah. So, I mean, from the beginning, the Biden administration has framed its transition to cleaner forms of energy, to green energy as one that's going to include labor and, you know, strong protection for workers, but also to include these communities, these fossil fuel workers that are being left behind. So that's been a promise and a priority from the administration from the beginning. And I think this provision really gets at that and kind of tries to speak to that concern and answer some of those questions. So in the case of this guidance, it's an additional 10% tax credit. So for example, if you are a solar facility developer and you're looking to place a project in an area that used to be home to a coal mine, if you meet the prevailing wage and apprenticeship requirements, you could see a 40% tax credit to do so. So really, this is the hope here is that developers, companies will be further incentivized to place these projects in these communities. And then the benefits of that will flow to these communities, economic revitalization, and the jobs will go to these communities and really include them in this transition to cleaner energy that the president and lawmakers on the Hill who passed this law have promised it would do. 
Got it. So the administration is creating this incentive structure, but what are some challenges to actually creating clean energy jobs and building green projects in fossil fuel reliant areas and making that transition? And what kind of progress have we seen so far? So there are a lot of challenges that the green energy industry is dealing with on its own still with supply chain constraints and economics of those projects in itself. But there's also just a inherent distrust that we've heard from some in the fossil fuel workforce about whether or not this quote unquote just transition is going to benefit them and include them. Part of that is just there's a wage gap that the administration has to kind of grapple with in terms of the pay for fossil fuel workers versus that for a solar worker or a wind worker. And so I think that's one of the struggles we see. We also There's also just a training and workforce development component of this that, one, the IRA does try to get at with its prevailing wage and apprenticeship requirements. And you often hear the energy secretary, for example, talk about a lot of these skills in the fossil fuel workforce and how they can be transferred to the green energy workforce, particularly when you're talking about offshore wind or geothermal. Those are two areas she often points to. But I think there's a broader just looming question of, for example, with this tax credit, how effective it's going to be in really ensuring that these projects actually go to the hardest hit communities that have been affected by this transition to clean energy. The guidance answers a lot of looming questions folks had had in the clean energy industry about how is this going to work and who it's going to apply to. And the Biden administration also released a mapping tool kind of laying out the potential areas that could be included in this for, you know, if you located them in one of these areas, if that would be eligible for this tax uh, additional tax credit. And it's pretty broad. It's like all of Texas and West Virginia and Wyoming. So it remains to be seen of how effective and targeted this will actually be when it's utilized. But I think there's a lot of looming questions on that front and also just interest from the fossil fuel workforce. Definitely in my own reporting, I've heard of folks who are interested in getting trained up for this, but it's going to take a targeted approach by the administration and the industry, which I think they're just starting to really grapple with with these sort of tax credits and incentives. Also, on Tuesday, EPA reworked the way it will distribute the remaining $12 billion in bipartisan infrastructure law funding for removing lead from drinking water systems, issuing a new formula based on a survey of states' needs. The agency is aiming to deliver funding to states and communities most burdened by the problem. As EPA now estimates, there are 9.2 million lead service pipes across the country. Overall, the Biden administration is aiming to remove 100% of lead pipes for more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.